0: This week our football team had the opportunity on the JV level to take practice off campus and we went to the homestead. We did two days in um, Kelka and then two days in Poneevo and you guys heard that our, our church fed the boys each day for lunch but on, on Monday and Tuesday after we're... Finish with practice at Keokaha, we we'll would go walk them all down to Puy Bay to cool off, to swim, to have some team bonding, to help clean some of the beach up and all that. And there's a small little place right outside of the Bay Area of Pui Bay. It's a real tight, enclosed area, and it's the name of it. It's called Bear Balls. Alright? Now I'm not joking, it really is called Bear Balls. All right, and if you've never swum in this specific area, um, you have not been blessed yet. All right, I forgot. I mean, the last time I swam in that specific area, Bear Balls, was when I was playing football in 1997 for Keokaha, Papuana team. And I totally forgot what's in this specific area. So if you don't know, and there's a lot of haka ka with this situation, all the junk, right? All the doodle, all the crap, all right, in the homestead area goes right into this Puhi Bay area. The problem with bare balls, if it's low tide, all right, nothing goes out. There is no outlet in this area. So, I saw all the boys, all 40 of them going there, and they were flying what I thought was mud. All right? <laughs> and let me tell you something, this clue this, I forgot, it's been a long time, 1997, right, over 20 years ago since I've been back in that. We swim in Puy Bay every year, a couple times a year, but we never go in this specific spot. Kind of cool. is on my shoulders, we're going into the mouth of their balls, right? And then one of our football players, one of the biggest boys on our team, his name is Keola. He is covered with this mud, completely. And then when it hit my shoulder, I smelled something that I should have not smelled while swimming in glorious Hawaii. Can I get a witness, right? Let me tell you, that will change your life, <laughs> right? And you get these—they're laughing, ha ha ha, team buddy. They're throwing feces, all right, doo-doo at each other, right? And they're having a blast, (laughs) right? Like literally, okay? And like it's low tide. I got my three-year-old son who just came off the flu, right, on my shoulders, and they are enjoying crap. Right, hey, you know, you know what I'm talking about. All right, it was not very long where Kahu said, Let's get out of here, everybody. All right, and nobody ever laughed. Okay, you know, I get out, of here. we're gonna run gasses right now, right there. Pui show or homes dead, bear crawls right now, and they all move quickly. But I thought about this, right? Isn't it like humanity, right, to enjoy crap? Right, isn't it like humanity? To throw the junk at each other, right? To point the finger, right? Well, three out of fingers is pointing right back at you, right? To throw their junk on each other. We learned last week that the doctrine of sin was defined as breaking God's law. What is God's law? We start off with the Ten Commandments, right? You shall not have no God before you, worship any false idols, make any grave images. We did all this stuff, talked about this. And sin separates us from a f- relationship and fellowship with God. Therefore, what sin is identified is just like this Aaron Bear Balls. Our crap. And just like physically, right? What did I have to do? Well, I had to get in the car, out of the water and go to the showers and wash it off. But the problem is not what's outside of the individual. The problem, as we learned last week, is what's inside the individual. You got me? What defiles a person is not what goes into a person, what goes on a person. What defiles a person is what comes out of the individual. The heart is filthy. The heart is deceitful. And we learned last week, we don't have behavior issues. We have a nature issue, and that nature is sin. And the reality is, right, there's two people... One that identifies that issue or one who is fully wrapped up in that issue that they can't identify their sin. They're laughing. Ha ha. Pa. Ha ha. Pa. They can't identify it. And when you can't identify personal sin, two things happen. Number one, you can identify everybody else's. And number two, listen to me. Because we can identify else, the problem is not me. The problem is what? Y'all. You. Not Zeke. You guys, you are the problem. Aole. Every man who has lived, who is living, and who will live, every person, has this issue, right? And Jesus made it very simple to his disciples, right? He says this. Let me be very clear, all right? Your issue is not your behavior. Your issue is your heart. Because your behavior is the reflection of your, help me out, heart. And so I want to continue on with this understanding of the unclean heart. My message is entitled, Unclean. We're, we're continuing on through our verse-by-verse verse started through Mark, and we land in a verse 24 of chapter 7. And for the reference of God's Word, would you stand with me in the reading of God's Word? In honor and adoration to our King, the Lord Jesus, right? The story goes on to say this from this unclean heart. Mark, the author, writes this, and from there he arose and went away to a region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be what? Hidden. Thank God that he's not hidden. Can I get a witness, right? But immediately, right, he uses that word again, Mark, that word immediately, right away. A woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of Jesus and came and fell down at his feet. How, he, how she got into the house, I do not know. All right, how, some of you Hawaiian ladies know what they're talking about. I don't know. All right. 26, now the woman was a what? Gentile, it means she wasn't a Jew. A Syrophoenician by birth. And she begged Jesus to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, let the children be fed first. For it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But but she answered Jesus, yes Lord. And I want you to hear these words. Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Mm. And he said to her, for this statement, you may go your way. The demon has what? Left your daughter. Can I get a chi up in here, right? Oh, wow, that's beautiful. And she went home and found the child laying in bed and the demon what? Gone. Mahalo, Jesus. Thank you for your word, inspire us, correct us, God help us to identify our need for you. In Jesus' name we pray, and God's ohana says, amen. No You may be seated. Today's text is taken in a place called Syria. And if you don't know what's, where, where Syria is, Syria is basically right above Jerusalem. Syria right now, we need to be praying for Syria because Syria is experiencing some civil war right now. Our president has told our troops to come back home. Therefore, there is no ally or protection in Syria. And so Syria is in conflict with Turkish uh, government. And why, why does this matter? Because in Syria is where all ISIS... Has been taken captive. So ninety thousand people connected with ISIS, whether they're a gang member, whether they're family affiliated, relate, uh, friendship, are in Syria. Therefore, Turkey, right now, who's majorly Islamic, is connected with this nation in that way. And so, right now, there are bombs, there are guns, there are people being killed right now to over for Turkey to overpower Syria. And today's story has been taking place right in Syria. And I want to give you a couple of things to remind you what we learned from last week. And here's a reality truth to connect the dots. Uh, What corrupts a person is not what goes into the individual, but rather what comes what? Out of the individual. And that answer to our corruption is sin. Jesus spoke highly about this issue. He called everyone to hear and understand what was going on. Right. Thank God that Jesus calls sinners to hear. Can I get an amen out there? Right. Thank God. He calls us fragile beings, people who are imperfect to him and not just called to him, but also able to articulate and understand and comprehend what's coming out of his mouth. Thank God that God is a God of grace and a God of mercy. And what we see today is in verse 25 it says immediately all right a woman comes on the scene. This is a different character from last week's characters, right? A woman whose little daughter had a what? unclean spirit. Well, we get our sermon title today entitled unclean. He heard she heard about Jesus. I'm pretty sure nothing was working. I'm pretty sure she heard about Jesus' healing ministry. And what we're going to see is two foundational truths of our text today. Ho'omau, kau, kau. Number one, right, we see the unclean Gentile mother. We see a descriptive detail by Mark about this Gentile woman. This account is also in the Gospel of Matthew. All right, but they changed the names up a little. In the Gospel of Mark, where we're reading, she was called a Syro Phoenician woman, all right, meaning that she was from a region of Syria, right, Syro, right, and secondly, a town called Phoenicia. This was Syria today, the place that is having and experiencing warfare. Right? And experiencing all this haka today, she lived in this specific area. It also mentioned in Mark that she was a Gentile, meaning she was not Jewish by birth or by blood. So Gentiles was not looked highly upon in this context. They were looked down upon. This is still happening today in Syria. Number two, Matthew changed the name up, and Matthew called her a Canaanite. A Canaanite. Now I want you to do this. This made her a Gentile by birth, by being called a Canaanite. This made her contextually and culturally, from the Jewish perspective, unclean. Now I grew up in a a very uh, holiness church, right? You couldn't hang out with these certain people. You couldn't be with. You couldn't do this. You couldn't do that. This is the way we treated some people in Hilo. All right, growing up, even in the homestead. There's certain Hawaiians, you just don't hang around with them, all right? Because they were Gentiles by this standard. Does that make sense? Contextualizing our understanding. But what made this woman a Gentile, a Canaanite, is understanding that all Canaanites came from a man named Canaan. Canaan was the grandson of Noah. Everybody know Noah in the Bible? Hey, this is some, I'm gonna drop some bombs on you, Hawaiians, today. I want you to hear these truths, right? All right. His father, Canaan's father, was Ham. In the story of Noah, the flood, and all that, in Genesis 9, Canaan was cursed because of his father's sin against his grandfather Noah in Genesis. Let me read you to update you what went on, right? Again, there's a progression of sin. In this world, this is how it's lived. I mean, think about it, right? Chapter 3, chapter 2, chapter 3, Adam and Eve sin against God. Next chapter, we see two sons. One kills the son. There's a progression of sin. Now, the whole world is sin. God floods the earth, Genesis 6. And then we get to 7, 8, and 9. And there's still a progression of sin after God annihilated most of mankind and his creation. And he promised them. As a sign of the rainbow that he will never flood the earth again. But sin continues to progress because what defiles a person is not what comes, right? Is not what comes into, but what comes what? Out of. And so let me remind you of that story if you don't know about it. If you didn't grow up in church, this is where this Gentile lady's culture and heritage comes from. Verse 18 of chapter 9 of Genesis says this the sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and what? Japheth. Ham was the father of who? Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the people of the whole earth were dispersed. Think about every people group. Even you Hawaiians, Polynesians. You all came from these three groups, all right? These three men. Noah began to be a man of the soil. He was a farmer. He planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk and laid uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of who? Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Right? You see, there's a progression of sin. What did Adam and Eve cover themselves with? The fig leaves, right? Now, now we're advancing as humanity in our coverings, right? Now there's cloth going on, right? Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backward, and they did not see their father's what? Nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and, say that word, knew what his youngest son had done to him, All right, he said, right, uh, there's the father, curse be who? Canaan. Check this out. He didn't even curse directly Ham. He cursed the son, the grandson. You may say, man, this is, what a great grandfather. It wasn't even the boy's fault. It was the father's. This is what we call the sins of the father. We see this picture he goes on to say, cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall be to his brothers. He also said, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his what? Servant. So every slavery that takes place in scriptures, some theologians and scholars directed into this account to the tribe and group of Ham. Specifically through Canaan. He said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be his servant. There's a word in verse 24 that acknowledges uh, this, the sexual sin that took place between Ham and Noah. All right, and it's the word in the Hebrew language, Yada. Yada. It's the word "know, to know" or "new." And the word "to know" or "new" is the word "have intercourse" in the Hebrew language. And so when you break down this word, right, this Canaanite woman, this, 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 uh, this Gentile woman who comes from Syria, is a direct descendant from this line. So she was looked down upon by Jews because of what Ham did to Noah. And all Jewish cultures for the last 2,000 years to this point when Jesus comes on the scene knows of this story, knows of this connection. Therefore, they do what every human do. They judge the individual based on who that individual was connected with. And you will be judged, I will be judged based on who I am connected with. And this lady was looked down upon. Matthew called her a Canaanite. Mark called her a Syrophoenician. Nevertheless, she was part of a group that was the definition of God's wrath on people who are sinful. It goes deeper in some historical views that people believe that every slavery that's known to man, even in the color of our skin, comes from this individual. I don't know that to be true, but they believe Japheth was the white man. They believe the other one was the Asian, and they believe that this individual was dark. I don't believe that's entirely true because we see the Canaanites are Middle Eastern people. So how that the biography of that, biology works on that, I do not know. It's not the importance of it. What we do know is that woman is connected to this issue. So I have two questions I want to answer tonight. Question number one, today. Does generational curse exist? Does generational curse exist? Well, reading from the text, the answer is what? Yes, Yes, right? Right? The father didn't curse the son. The father cursed who? the grandson because of the father's sin this is in connection with Adam and Eve all of humanity is the result of Adam and Eve right we didn't intentionally sin against God but if we were Adam and Eve we would do the same thing can I get a witness right Will you do the same exact thing? So, the curse is what defined the Canaanites. In fact, every it that comes through scripture is directly descended from the Canaanites the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Gergesites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sidonites, the Aphrodites. But hey, I believe it's not, I don't know if I can prove it, I believe termites came from this area. <laughs> right? I hate termites. This building is going to fall one day because of termites, right? Thank God we're getting out of it. Here we go. But what we know is that the Lord drops the hammer on these ites. All through scripture. In fact, Abraham, who has a covenant with God, God sends him out of the land of Ur into the land of where? Canaan. They take over Canaan. God drops the hammer down on these groups to remind them that he is just. They are not favored by God throughout scripture until this very moment. Say thank you, Jesus. The Syrophoenician mother was of this ethnic group. She was considered a Canaanite. And what happens in ministry, specifically in Hilo, Hilo is known for a, a, a harvest of ministry families. And what has happened is these ministry families around the new millennium of 2000 has started fading away. When my family came in the 90s, uh, early 80s from Oahu Island, uh, we came for ministry. My dad was a Kahu and we, we served up to I, I graduated high school, I left the islands for many years. But all these families that moved to the islands from different islands, from to the Mokuleiave, uh, from different islands, they came for one purpose to share the gospel. And what we see today, in fact, we have some of them in our schools. They are no longer following God anymore. And the reality is, we could connect stories with Canaan with the Canaanites. I could talk about that in Vegas, where I was serving in Vegas. I could talk about that where I served in Tennessee. I could talk about that where I served in Italy, where I served in Japan. There's, there's generations who no longer follow God because of sin. And so what made these groups and Lady Unclean was exactly what Jesus addressed last week. Sin. Right? The issue is that you don't go to church. The issue is that you don't do this, you don't do that. The issue is there is sin and it's not being acknowledged. And Jesus is dropping the hammer right now, but there is an answer to redemption. There's an answer for us to be redeemed from this sin. And he's saying this, I am here. I'm calling you to me. Here. Understand. So we see the clean Gentile mother. Lastly, and we'll be proud. We see the unclean Gentile daughter. Look at how Mark describes the young lady. In verse 25, he states that she had an unclean spirit In her. Another word for unclean spirit is demon possession, right? And this is what we know about demon possession because Mark talks highly about these demon possession. In Mark chapter 1, demons exist, right? They're real. In Mark chapter 2, in Mark chapter 1, 5, and 7, demons possess people, meaning they take control of people. In Mark chapter 5, we see that demons have supernatural power, right? It was that man who had thousands upon demons in him, and Jesus cast it out of him. But before Jesus cast it out of him, he was breaking chains. He was cutting up. There were supernatural abilities that this human had because he was possessed by thousands of demons. Number four, demons knows Jesus. Remember, theologically, the Bible teaches... That demons are fallen angels of God, right? Now, now in Hawaiian, we may call them different in different Hawaiian stories, night marchers, whatever the case is. Whatever the case is, demons take different forms, but nevertheless, they exist, they possess people, they have supernatural power, and they know the God of the universe, demon possession was a reality for this gentile daughter this unclean daughter and her mother was desperate for her to be healed look at what she did for her daughter's healing number one she risked her reputation like gentiles and jews normally did not mix and if they did mix and they had a child together they were called samaritans right we call them Hapa. i don't know right that's what it is right Secondly, she reached Jesus. I'm pretty sure it was still illegal back then as it is today to just walk into somebody's holly. Can I get a witness, right? Like, you deserve to get shot if you come on to, I'm just, that's just my opinion. If the sign says, right, do not enter or no trespassing, what does it mean? You don't need a PhD to know that, Hawaiian. No going there. Period. But I'm pretty sure she defiled these laws, and she just walked straight in the house, reached Jesus. She entered this house, right? But number three, check this beauty out, right? She received grace. She experienced Jesus. And I want you to see, I want to reread verse 26 and on. And I want you to see how this conversation goes down with Jesus and this unclean mother for this unclean daughter. Verse 26 says, now the woman was a Gentile, a Sarah Phoenician by birth, and she begged. Remember that word, right? She begged. Can you put that verses up, babe, once again? Look for it. She begged Jesus to cast the demon out of her daughter. How many of us are begging Jesus to free our kids from slavery? demonic savior how many of us are practicing what the scripture says how many of us are begging jesus to do what only he can do? she begged and she was specific about her begging she begged jesus that jesus would literally cast out release out the demon that is in control of her precious daughter and jesus said to her let the children be fed first for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it out to the dog. So obviously there is a house situation going on, right? There is, but Jesus is actually in being in parable states and all this. And a woman of faith, right? The word don't say faith in it, but in consistency with Jesus' healing ministry, this had to be. Look at how the woman describes herself in the next words. <laughs> But she answered, Oh, listen up, because this bug is going to ruin you and re- re- regenerate you right now, all right? But she answered him, You're right, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yet, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. He said, Oh, what does that mean? Listen to me. Understand the context and the culture of Gentiles. They were looked upon as what? Dogs. That's how the Jewish people looked at the Gentiles. And in her humble, most opinionated thought, this is what she said: "Well, even dogs get scraps." What was saying, "Lord, I humbly come to you." As a sinful person, as a dog, help me even with these scraps. Look at what Jesus says. Verse 29. And Jesus said to her, for this statement... Matthew's account says, because of your faith, right? For this statement, because of your faith, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. Sometimes it's not enough for a kid to cry out on their self. Sometimes the parent has to get involved and beg God. God, I am a sinner and I get it, but God, redeem my child, a sinner of my sin, to you. God, I need you. She needs you. And if I got to beg, on my knees, and if I have to crawl under the table and to show my unworthiness, God, if I have to eat off the ground, God, for the sake of my child to experience your healing power, God, take me. God, release me. God, use this situation so that my child may know you. Jehovah Rapha. The word they used in the Old Testament, my healer. God is my healer. Look at this biblical truth, all right? Let's think about the whole thing that we just talked about, all right? Our band's going to make their way on up. It says this, though the Canaanites' curse was inherited by a parental sin. Let me say that again. Though the Canaanites' curse was inherited by a parental sin. All right, look on. It was broken by a parental sacrifice and her confession to Christ as her only hope. Let me say that again, right? The sins of a father, okay, was redeemed through the confession of a sinful mother. An unclean mother by culture, by spirituality, because Jesus... Does what he says he did. Anybody know what Jesus means? The God that what? Save. It's the same word as Joshua in the Old Testament. God is my salvation. Anybody know what Emmanuel means? God is with us. This woman is experiencing a prophetic truth that wasn't probably shared down to the generations of the Gentiles, but mainly through Jewish culture. And this is what the gospel does. The gospel bridges the gap, all right, between Jew and Gentile. You should get excited about this, Hawaiians, because you are a Gentile. You who are from the Pacific are just like this Canaanite woman. You are undeserving of God's grace. You are undeserving of God's mercy. You deserve God's penalty of sin, and that is death, separation from Him for all eternity in a place called hell where fire is much hotter than the lava here at Kilauea Mauna and then God in his grace gives this unclean woman salvation salvation in his name so so I want to answer another question right two questions how do we break generational curses how do we break well here's the simple answer as we read our text People must hear about Jesus. It's not enough to say, I once grew up in church. It's not enough to say that my father was a kahu. It's not enough because that does not save people. What saves people in these verses is Jesus. Jesus says, go on your way. Because Matthew says, because of your faith, Mark says, because of this statement, your child has been healed. Why? Because you came face-to-face with Jesus. And what was unclean is now clean. And here's how the Jews recognized holiness, okay? Holiness means to be set apart specifically from sin. The way Jewish culture emphasized holiness was based on what was clean, unclean, what was common, and what was clean. What was unclean, let's make it just very specific, right? What is unclean? Well, Hawaiian, when you know brush your teeth, your bread is what? Hauna. Come on, miko, all that stuff, bro, okay? That's unclean. But what was common is that because it's unclean, we all got a brush teeth, we also got a, help me out, floss, guys, if you know floss, then you get meat in your teeth for ages, bro, and meat, and listen to me, this is what meat is like, when you put the leftover scraps of meat, the blood and all that stuff, from second, so and save whatever, in the trash can, the next day, going to be meko hoin. and your mouth going to be just like that, miko, a different kind of coffee. I know, I get it, right. it is what it is, all right, so unclean, we all get bad teeth, a uh, stink mouth and spiritual too can you get a witness right I'm guilty of that right now commonly right that needs to be purified right and so thank God for toothpaste toothbrush ring, floss I even get fake teeth over here so I gotta use a specific floss for floss my teeth cause it can't go up in the teeth you know it is what it is thank God for that technology right but that turns out those process makes clean well, how do we connect that with the gospel? Every one of us, whether you're Jew or Gentile, we unclean. You know, our nuts and bolts are loose. So because they're loose, we always going to get screwed. Does that make sense? I'm being serious, honey. Nah. All right, and because of that, we have something in common. What is that? We need redemption need redemption and that redemption is found in jesus who makes us clean how many of you need to be clean today how many of you need to be released from this demonic oppression amen i am convinced that when jesus told us to make disciples in every nation What he was really saying is make holy people. Because Isaiah, Revelation, it all says, holy, 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 help me out, is the Lord God 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 Almighty. When he told us to make disciples in every nation, he wasn't saying go make better preachers. He wasn't saying go make better musicians, even make better football coaches. What he was saying was, Make holy people. Old Testament, New Testament said the grace. Greatest. You shall be holy, because your Lord God is holy. So as we evaluate our lives, can we be desperate like this unclean woman who's clean now? Whose child is clean now? Because holiness is a practice, it's a process, and it's a possession. Thank God the enemy no longer has possession over us, but it's by God's grace that he has possession on us today. Colossians 1.22 says it this way, and you who once were alienated and hostile in the mind doing evil deeds, you Canaanites, you Hittites, you Jebusites, right, he has now, who is he? Jesus has now reconciled in his body of the flesh by his death in order to present you, help me out, holy and blameless and above reproach before him. What is he saying? Now, God don't see you as a sinner today. He sees you the way he sees his son, holy, perfect, blameless, Look at this. You have no spots on you. Why? Because Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, has done it for you. Would you stand up as we sing to God the holiness of his greatness? Here's Here's the beauty of it. You didn't earn it, right? You can't achieve it. You can't grab it. You can't even hold on to it. Why? Because you're unclean. But let me tell you the hope of this. There's a man, a God-man, and his name is Jesus. And what he has done for you, he has made you clean. He's made you clean. Well, God, I effed up this morning. He's made you clean. Well, God, I just effed up. I told my wife this. He made you clean. Well, God, I've done this. I've done that. Look, the problem is you have done all this stop. Let God do what only He can do. He has made you clean. Everybody stretch your hands and say, God, thank you for making me clean. Say, God, thank you for making me clean. Now literally look at somebody next to you and say, hey, hey. you clean. Hey. Look at the other person, say, hey, hey, you clean. You're not defined. He's not defined by what you do or don't do. and of ourselves, you would always fall. But in the Lamb of God, the precious Lamb of God named Jesus. He has freed you yes. and me yes. from all disease, from all iniquities, from the flesh, from pride, yes. from arrogance. He has done that because his grace is sufficient. His mercy is new every morning. Yes, he yes. is a God of wrath and love. Yes. And he disposes his Son to you. On the count of three, if that is true to you, I want you to sing this song loud and proud, okay? Sing this song loud and proud, even if it's not your reality. Make it your reality by your testimony and by your speech.